Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm incredibly excited for today's episode because we have no other than Philly Bowden on the podcast today. We are talking all about her running journey, how she became a coach, and so much more. It's a really exciting episode, so just sit back and relax. We'll just jump right into the episode. Hi everyone, Liz here. I just wanted to pop in quickly to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode as Philly and I do speak about eating disorders in this episode. I know that this topic can be incredibly triggering for some people, so if you feel that this will be triggering for you, please feel free to click off of this episode. I've got loads of episodes to choose from, but it is a big part of Philly's journey and I find it incredibly inspiring and I hope that you do too. So just sit back and relax and we'll just jump right into the episode as I just told you five seconds ago. All right. I am so excited, so honored to have the one and only Philly Bowden on the podcast. Philly Bowden just got third place at Copenhagen Marathon. She is such a big inspiration in the running world, and I'm so excited to have her on to talk about her running journey. But before we get into that, Philly, do you want to give an introduction to yourself and just share a little bit more about yourself before we get started? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I, yeah, I'm a professional marathon runner, which still feels really weird to say because I don't think I still wrap my head around that until sort of like six months ago I guess I was still working full-time and I'm thing and running around a full-time job so exciting that running is now my life in lots of different ways I also create content about running on YouTube and on Instagram and I coach athletes as well now for my income which is way more fun than I used to do sitting at a desk nine to five so kind of my life in a nutshell very exciting and I'm very jealous I can't wait to hear about the coaching too but I want to start and hear more about like your running journey how you started with running I think you mentioned before in social media that you started in primary school so I sort of had like more than one opportunity to start running I guess so my first real exposure to it was when I was in like year four in primary school which is like I guess I was probably like nine or ten and I can remember the like PE teacher coming into our maths classroom and and saying does anyone want to run around the football pitch like a few times to see if they want to do the cross-country championships and I was like this is not a difficult decision for me I'll go out there and just put my PE kit on and not do maths (laughs) that was like the sole reason why I did it and then I did a few sort of primary school cross-country races but didn't pick it up as like an extracurricular activity outside of that I think I was doing plenty as it was because I was a kid that was doing as much as they could do in that sense with loads of other sports and clubs and then again like joined the after school club when I was in secondary school probably like I don't know five years after first running at primary school and the coach who ran that after school club was a coach at the local athletics club so it was myself and my best friend emma who then went down he was like you guys are pretty good you should come and join the club and and try it out and we both loved it so it all sort of started from there doing kind of a couple of sessions after school down at the track and then most of the weekend like the mornings would be taken up either by a training session or a long run or 
doing sort of cross-country races and things like that. And how did you then kind of find yourself go suddenly going and having that NCAA experience running as an Oregon Duck? Like you went from starting, you know, just running laps around school and then suddenly you just started to pick it up more and more and suddenly you're running basically professionally for a university. Yeah, there's a big there's a big gap I suppose between that time where I was sort of 13, 14, joining my local athletics club and then being able to run collegiately as a postgrad because I completed my undergrad in the UK before that. So there's, yeah, probably like eight or nine years within that to make that sort of jump, I suppose. And during my time before I went to university in the UK, I was improving year on year, but not nothing like out of this world. I was just improving and running PBs and just enjoying it. I think I made a really big improvement in my second year of university in the UK, having moved coaches to a very experienced coach that actually worked at a different university to one I was at. It was like a rival school and I'd go there to train and it was frowned upon in a, in a sort of lighthearted way by my teammate. And I started working with him and my training was sort of revolutionized. I think I was probably just used to working in quite an amateur way that I'd been used to for years, sort of how you train at school. And he implemented a lot more volume and just a more sophisticated approach to the training, which then saw massive improvements. Um, It was with him after a year or so of working with him, I got my first GB junior best. And it kind of went from there, really. I suppose that was the that was the big jump. Did you ever, when you started running, did you ever foresee yourself kind of getting to that sort of a level? And did you ever even look at yourself when you were younger as like, oh, I'm going to take running seriously one day? Did you think that you had the potential to go that far? I think I would have said yes, but would I actually have believed it? Probably no, because I think as a kid, I had all sorts of dreams that I would dream about, I guess, like running for one of them and being at that level. You know, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid I wanted to be on the west end like loads of things that I think probably at the time I thought maybe I'd get a really lucky opportunity to maybe try but would it actually happen probably not so it very much felt that they were like dreams separate from reality um, I definitely didn't think that I'd run Oregon I thought if I was lucky enough maybe I'd scrape before ride at a school in America and get an experience out of it and I suppose that opportunity was a little bit of luck as well as where I was at at the time, which we can touch on, I guess. But yeah, I think as a kid, I knew what it took to get there, really. Or I think think when you're younger, you can look at the people that are maybe in those positions, the sort of top in the UK or the people that are making Great Britain teams routinely, and you think that that's just something they have that you don't, which I think I see in a lot of kids that I've, you know, worked with since or, or met that they think there's this kind of secret secret thing which I think is what keeps it a dream because you think oh well that's just not gonna happen to me but it can so no that's awesome and I guess from that young age I guess and we'll sort of talk about this later as well did you ever have because I guess that I hear about like young women struggling with this idea that you have to have a certain body to be a runner you have to look a certain way or weigh a certain amount was that ever something that you struggled with growing up and kind of before you got into where you were with Oregon and running professionally yeah I um I had disordered eating issues from from quite a young age and it's probably something that started in the background really before I started being committed to running so it's always difficult for me to try and 
either separate it or link it directly to running but at some point in time it definitely got intertwined because it you know you can see that kind of impression from other people or at least you can look at um, a group of women in a race at the at the top level and there's there's language and there's comparison there about what those athletes look like which I think feeds in even if it's sort of subconsciously to young girls watching it and that that definitely happened with me as well but there was also um feelings around my sort of satisfaction with my body aside from the running so I think that was there as well and I guess when you get to the point that your performance is feel tied up with that when you're a few years down the line is when it gets really tricky to then separate the two and actually rewind and think what do I actually think so yeah I, I definitely experienced that and it's it's super complicated for sure does that and I guess this might be kind of jumping the gun a bit to like where you are now but does that sort of play into like how you coach athletes and like specifically female athletes now it it can do if I either feel like they need some advice on that aspect from me or they've sort of voiced that but I definitely instead of sort of focusing on weight or physicality or like even even down to like your running style I I try and focus away from that completely because there are so many different like heights shapes weight sizes and running styles at the top level that I feel like running is a sport where you can have a different combination of those things which one person might say is the ideal and it doesn't matter like the a number of people that you've seen win an Olympic medal and you're like their running style is not actually optimal and it's like well they won so <laughs> so what so I, I always focus on everything that's away from that basically because I think if you're trying to change something that either makes you unhappy in the process of trying to change it or something that you can't change like your height sure I'd love to be not five foot three but I am <laughs> like there's nothing you could do about that so I just try and move away from that and towards things that you can change or impact or improve and and they're a positive thing for your running and just for your own well-being yeah because i i was watching it was one of your youtube videos that i had watched that was around your experience at oregon and how you went into oregon you voiced that concern or not even really concerned but just sharing that hey by the way this is something that i struggled with and it's just something that i think that i should flag from a health perspective and then kind of going and jumping into i think it was your third year where you hear that from your coach asking well, are you heavy? And almost re-engaging those thoughts and sending you back down, I guess, like coming from, because I've shared on the podcast a lot about like my battle with anorexia. And I guess when you look at like the female triad, I think is what it's called, especially in like college athletics is so sad and disheartening. And I feel like watching your video around and your story around how you made that decision that actually this is really not a good situation for me and it's not a safe space for me and I'm going to actually just go home. I guess just like thinking about that, like, you know, for you as a coach now, but also like reflecting on how hard that decision must have been in that moment. Yeah, it's... um. Again, like it's it's so wrapped up in everything else that happened whilst I was out there. And the trend throughout my time in Oregon was that I ran slower than I had at home. I wasn't performing to what was expected of me based on those like personal bests that I came in with. 
after a like sensational breakthrough year pretty much in 2018 when I then ended up going there. So I guess my headspace going out there was that I didn't want to lie because I was literally filling out like medical forms to head out there and I was like I should really start off on the right foot here and be completely honest and you know share that I had like yourself a diagnosis of anorexia in the past and I'd had treatment for that but that it's something they should be aware of so that then if they see warning signs then perhaps they're a little bit more I don't know attentive to that than they would be if someone hadn't experienced that in the past and I guess yeah it's a system that you can get lost in and that can prioritize performances and, and numbers of athletes up, above and over over a top, over the top of you know what's probably right for them in, in different scenarios and I think yeah it was a series of events that then led to another illness and me not running great to that kind of conversation that you mentioned that moment of hearing that from your coach in your third year and then I guess just wondering if you take that sort of into who you are as both an athlete and a coach now and sort of just around like the emphasis around like female athletes and not putting that pressure on them to look a certain way or feel or for them to feel that they have to look a certain way yeah absolutely I, so I think I think that conversation or, or that experience I guess like I know from that how how important the, the language you use is and how sensitive some people can be to that because perhaps if if that statement of or question of are you heavy to an athlete that hadn't experienced eating issues in the past or wasn't maybe feeling like that again already or, or a male athlete perhaps where it's not been sort of subconsciously drilled into them in the past could have been dealt with or reacted to differently to how I reacted to it which obviously wasn't a decision but it was my mind going back to that place of okay this is the issue or this is something that I can control and I think it it doesn't even feel like something that I have to actively be aware of because I think the experience of going through it just means that you are considerate about what you say to people and how you say it and I think perhaps I'm a little bit more um conscious of that when I I hear other people comment something about someone's body in any context because the first thing I think of is like why do you need to voice that or like what what is that gaining whether that's whether they're saying that to someone or they're saying it to someone else about someone that they've seen like what is that actually gaining for them and what's the repercussions on the flip side of it so I think yeah I think it's perhaps difficult to get that across to people that haven't been through it because it, it just feels like it's something I don't have to necessarily think about because I'm just yeah careful about what I say and I, I suppose I just don't even really go there unless someone raised it to me they said you know either oh I feel like I need to lose some weight what do you think or oh, I'm actually really struggling with my fueling and I don't think I'm eating enough like two very different scenarios there and I think I would just be very very careful with how I approach that and think it through based on the individual. No, that's awesome. And like hearing about when you did come home and you were injured and coming back from Oregon back to the UK, I mean, you talked about that journey and how mentally that was really hard and you were in a really low place and sort of dealing with the sort of relapse of the eating disorder in conjunction with an injury. I think when I watched that, having, you know, gone through the eating disorder and then like recently this year going through like my first running injury, like even that alone was just like 
God, that was hard. And I never want to do that again where you can't run. Was that, how did you bring yourself back up from that? With difficulty, I think it's, it's really tricky because I think it's so simple to say, like I got injured and I relapsed into an eating disorder but those those two things don't really tell you a a whole lot because an eating disorder is such a like wide-ranging term that like it it wasn't it wasn't the same place that I'd gone back to that I was at a few years prior like I don't think I'd have received the same diagnosis and my symptoms were different but what I was doing was very unhealthy and like counterintuitive to running well and I think sometimes how that presents in simply how someone looks at a person and decides whether they're sick or not um, is really problematic as well and I think I experienced some of that because I was I wasn't actually underweight coming home I was experiencing more like purging behaviors with with my eating disorder which thankfully coming home and just changing the environment which was the most triggering thing for me really really helped with which was a big tick straight away and then in terms of kind of getting through the injury alongside that I think I knew that I was in this really far away place from where I had been in terms of my fitness before and yeah gosh it's so long ago now I feel like it was just like weeks and months of like making improvement taking five steps backward getting another injury because like the biggest risk of an injury is like increasing your training so as soon as you move past one injury you then get back training and it's like here's a new problem (laughs) I had that so many times and it must have been about a year of you know intertwined with the pandemic kind of trying to get back into some sort of a routine whatever that looks like in like locked down on your own and also trying to figure out what running was to me anymore and and if I still liked it and I think at that time I was going through a whole like questioning who I was with running who I was without running and I'm probably just super lucky to have the support I had around me to, to say thank you to like which is probably responsible for the fact that I'm actually still running now because if I didn't have that I think the the easy option would have just been to to give up and I probably would have just run to enjoy running but not sort of compete or try and get faster which is insane to think about like with where you are now and like had you not pursued that back then or like from that point on I think like would have been you know whoever or whatever like shaped you to kind of push you on and encourage you to be the catalyst to bring you to where you are now I think is incredible has your relationship with your body image and like food changed since then it obviously sounds and I think like watching from like an outsider's perspective is like very healthy and like I think like the approach that all female runners want to have to running is that is that something that you kind of continuously have to think about or you still like deal with the thoughts from time to time or do you feel like you're in a much better place it's definitely on a continuum and it's definitely a process I think and I think it's similar to the running like in in the sense of what you just said there like you know had I quit back then I wouldn't be where I am now but there's this whole line in the middle that connects those things and probably some really insignificant like races or training sessions that I did all the way along there which after that specific moment I wouldn't have gone yeah this is the catalyst that's going to mean that I'm run sub 230 or become a professional runner like but it's all of them stacked up and it's the same for every week and every month on that kind of continuum of going from a place where you know your your body image isn't great and, and you don't like yourself to 
you know, where I am now, which is a really healthy and positive place. So I think that's something to kind of flag to people, I guess, going through it that like along that line, if you like, which hopefully is an upward trajectory, if you zoom in, it's not straight and it goes up and down. You have bad days and good days, just like you do in the training itself. But yeah, I mean, today I feel like I have to work on it very little, but along that process, it's been, you know, less and less over time as the things that I've put into place and the people I've surrounded myself with have been like positive reinforcement for me, which is a huge part. I think it's not, it's not as easy as it sounds. And I think a lot of that for me was luck, like finding an amazingly supportive partner that just is behind me in everything I do, even you know, outside of the stuff that you think you maybe need to focus on in terms of the key issues, like, okay, I need to improve the way that I look at my body and what it does for me and it being my machine, like just, you know, the, the echelons that kind of expand out from that. I think it, it's, it's holistic, really. It's your whole life. So, yeah. That's amazing. And with the coaching, when did you start the coaching and has that sort of helped you improve as an athlete yourself and like, coaching others and sort of being able to coach them through their own running journeys has that had a positive impact in yours yeah so I started it must be almost a year now because I, I started with I think it was like four or five athletes <laughs> right at the very start when I was still working full-time um, and I knew that if I got it right it would be kind of my financial ticket out of working my nine to five as a civil servant so I thought the way to do it is to kind of taper it upwards and then when I get to the point where I can then double the athletes half the hours go part-time and kind of transition it that way um that's effectively what I did and yeah I mean absolutely I think coaching athletes has helped me just have a different perspective on my own training but also in a really bizarre way like made me feel like I have to be more accountable to myself because I, I I'm preaching like you know you've got to do your, your stretching and make sure you're getting your sleep and then I'm like well I should really make sure I do that as well because I need to lead by example and it's also opened up my eyes to you know how different people can be and how they approach their training and what works for them like it's not this is what works for me so here you go have the plan that I followed I've got people that work shift work or some people that I coach have got crazy goals where they want to do like an ultra and then a half marathon the next week and I'm kind of meeting them in the middle of that's insane but okay let's see what we can do in a safe way so yeah it, it it's a really fun experience in terms of like just working with the different people but also I think developing my understanding of what what works for different people both in a in a physical training sense but also what they need from a coach whether it's kind of actually educating them on why they need to slow down on their easy days or like the psychological side of getting them used to racing and the nerves that they feel on race day and, and feeling like they can execute sort of under that pressure. That's awesome. And that sounds like very like like a very holistic approach and something that, yeah, is very unique about your coaching. If listeners wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about your coaching, what's a way that they can do so and just learn more about getting started if they can? Yeah, so I have a website, which is com. I had to just remember that yes that's my website um and Philly is spelled with one l about 50 percent of people think it's spelled with two and i'm kind of in two minds about whether i've spelled it right from when i started using that nickname at like age seven but we're rolling with it <laughs> and so my books are currently full at the moment for one-to-one coaching but i have a wait list and i have some free 
kind of off the shelf training plans on my website, which I really want to build on and add some more to because it's so cool when someone like comments on a YouTube video or on my Instagram, they'll message me and say, I just finished your like free 10 week plan and ran a TV. And like that's so cool to me because I'm like, I feel like I did nothing. Like you did all the work and you just like took this plan and, and rolled with it. Um, which is really cool as well because I think you know if if someone can learn something from from that and then maybe see whether they want to work with a coach afterwards then and then I feel like I've kind of given them something or kept them in the sport for a bit longer you know yeah and if if people are listening and they either like are total beginner runners or you know they want to try like the free I think that's such a great like way to get started is like you know that's how I got started like find something that's like a free plan to follow and just like see how you get on but for anyone that's feeling discouraged or like you know they don't know how to get started do you have any advice like from your own learnings and your own running journey that you want to share I think like if you're a total beginner because my partner's recently gone through this as well and I know this would be his advice um it's like stick it out for at least like eight to twelve weeks because it's gonna be horrible (laughs) for that length of time like if I take some time off for an illness or an injury those first few weeks are just horrible like it's it's really hard and it feels alien and your body is like fighting what you're trying to tell it to do but then after that it clicks and fitness starts to drop in and you can actually enjoy a run which Daniel my boyfriend I'm so proud of myself for converting him into a runner he's like I can run and not hate it and we're like yes that's a big achievement so I think sticking it out and also like figuring out what what works for you what motivates you like does running with an audiobook and having it as your like headspace time where it's just for you or listening to some music like does that work or do you need to find a free run club or go to park run every week and kind of create a community around running because if you do there's so much of that out there and there's so much of it that is free as well so definitely go and find some running buddies because there'll be people waiting for you to be their running buddy yeah yeah and definitely I've been following um in your videos whenever you and Dan mentioned his running journey I think it's so great because I think initially a lot of people have that like oh like the first three runs or something are horrible but you get over that like hill and then suddenly I think you have this moment of like okay I see why people do this (laughs) but yeah it's really awesome to follow I'm just going to kind of close out and let you share ways to connect with you and follow you of course I'll leave links to your website, coaching website, and all of your social media links in the show notes of the episode, but just wanted to give you a chance to share ways that listeners can follow you. And obviously, thank you for being on the podcast today. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I So I am on Instagram and YouTube and threads slash Twitter. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm not too active on either of them. But my handle and everything is just Billy Bowden. So pretty simple. And yeah, if you're interested in watching the beginner journey, Daniel's actually thinking of starting his own YouTube channel as like a spin-off, which is kind of cool. So we've got different ends of the spectrum in this house and it's it's fun to kind of have both of those for people to watch. That's very cool. And I definitely think he should because I think that people would find it very relatable. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell him. I'm encouraging him. I think he's going to do it. (laughs) Good stuff. I'll look out for it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was really awesome just to hear more about your story and just dive a a bit deeper into your own running journey. And it was great to learn more. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to get connected with Philly or find out more to get on her waitlist for coaching, I'll have all of the links in the show notes of the episode. Thanks so much to Philly for coming on the podcast, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.